Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest installment of the End of Cells podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing a wide ranging of topics, including Lenny Leave and that type of thing. It's been a hectic week for Celtic. The last seven days have been absolutely terrible from a Celtic fan's point of view. My name's Stephen. I'm delighted to be joined again by a regular uh, show contributor, John. How are you, John? I'm doing fine, Stephen. Thanks yourself. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Well, these last couple of days as a Celtic supporter has been absolutely dreadful, but sure. And we're also delighted to be joined by a new guest and William. How are you, William? I'm very well, thanks, Stephen. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, if you don't, if you don't mind, as we do with the the new guests on the show, tell the the followers a little bit about yourself and your Celtic connections. Yeah, of course. Um, um, it's pretty much like ninety nine percent of other supporters. It's it was not really a choice. It was. I know you're touching it yourselves about the family thing. My my father was uh, he, he was born for family deaf and had to go to a a deaf and blind school and it was. Uh, St Vincent's School just down the road for Parkhead and uh, the Lisbon Lions actually opened it up and he got his photos of all the, all the players, he's still, got, he's still got photos of Billy McNeil and stuff signed in the back and stuff like that so I think that's where his love affair started and that was just um, handed down to me, I got taken to games when I was younger with him and we had the season book for years and years and years and yeah it was just, that was it from there, first love, the longest relationship we'll ever be in as <laughs> so yeah, no, that that that's fine. I mean, it's it's what me and John always say. It's it's family. It's everything you're born into. So it's fantastic, William, to have you on the show, and I, I hope that you'll be on again in the future, which no yeah. doubt you will be. Yeah, but what we're going to thank you so much. What we're going to start with today, I mean, it's the the glaring topic in every Celtic fan's mind is the departure of Neil Lennon. Me and John did a wee video during the week just to give our reaction to it. William, I'll go. I'll go to you first. What What was your over over well? Overwhelming uh, feeling towards Lenny leaving Celtic. Uh, hard wasn't. Oh, sorry, it's a hard wasn't. It? Um, I, I listened to your to your video midweek, and I remember you asking what was your what was the the word you were looking for, and John was struggling a wee bit. But for me, I was screaming <laughs> at it as well. Re- relief was the main, not just for us, but for Lenny as well. You th- you can see it was taking its toll on him. Um, it was just. Unfortunately, it just seems to be about four months too late. Um, yeah, that's the season's pretty much over with. Uh, but yeah, r- relief was the main the main feeling. It's sad. It's very very sad. We didn't want to end this way, but it's it's the right thing to do. And I'm just I'm just relieved that we're at this stage now. So, I mean, as you as you say, Laura, I said that in the podcast. Relief it, to me, the relief is more that you know that it's ended. But at the same time, you look across the dugout and two of the, two of the three people at the dugout are still there. We'll get on to that, obviously, later in the show. But going to you, John, obviously a few days to reflect on the situation of Celtic and Lenny leaving. Has your feelings changed or have you had the, have you thought about anything else that you would like to add to what you said on your action video? No, I pretty much stand by everything that I said. Um, as I say, as I think we can all agree, uh, or at least all decent Celtic fans will agree, uh, what Lennon done for the club as a player uh, and a manager in his first stint was phenomenal and he'll never be forgotten for it and everything that he's had to endure as well in terms of the sectarian abuse and all that um, he's always going to be respected and he's always going to be a legend uh, in regards to the club but like I say uh, the club's bigger than any individual and I've said that a number of times uh, so much like I, I know I struggled to find a word in that <laughs> earlier podcast but you're right relief is definitely one of them uh, and bittersweet as I said uh, again a couple of times that it's like William just said there, it's four months too late. The season's already done way. And just touching on what you said as well, uh, I believe 
all the guys in the dugout played their part. Uh, so the fact that two of them are still remaining is obviously something that, that we need to get on to discussing as well. Yeah, like in terms of the whole the, the four months too late thing, it was evident to everybody before Christmas that the, the plug should have been took out for Danny. I mean, he was on life support during January and it totally went there, but he still managed to, to continue in the job. It, it's for as you say, it's bittersweet because I know that as an Irishman myself, the, the abuse you can get for just saying you support Celtic in certain areas in, in Ireland and it's terrible. And he had bullets sent to him, he's still stuck with Celtic and he's won numerous like numerous league titles. I think it's 21 trophies over his tenure as player and manager, which is legendary status. And he and he is a legend, but the biggest frustration for me was as William said, it was four months too late. It was almost like the board were just, they were just so reluctant to pull the plug. And in, t- in terms of that, William, where do you think the board have to repair the relationship with the Celtic fans? Because even at that as well, since Lenny's left, apart from a few statements, there's been no kind of uh, statement to the Celtic fans to tell them what's going to happen next. It's just yeah. went silent again. And John Kennedy's took over the reins and done a few press conferences. But how do you feel towards the board at the moment, William? <sighs> I don't know. I think you've you've touched on it in previous podcasts about being so detached. I've never felt so far away from what's going on as we are now. And I I I I really feel for Lennon. And you were talking about being frustrated. That's the perfect word for it. There's no no ill feeling towards Neil Lennon at all. Like you said, he's a legend and what he's done for this club is unbelievable. I know he's had. There's been some bad press, and it's because everybody's hurting just now. Everybody's hurting. It's like this is the, the biggest season in however long, and it's just been an absolute disaster. Everybody, and I can, I, I know nobody's hurting more than Lennon. Um, we're hurting right now. It hurts to um, lose the ten, but I think when everybody looks back, like his legendary status will. will Still massively be intact. I don't think he's tarnished any anything in that case. But from the board, I I, I don't even know what to say. There, like you said, there's been one statement out I think, and it was thanking Lennon and saying that Kennedy was going to be in place. We don't know if that might be a long term thing. If if they're they're drawn up a shortlist for new managers in the meantime, it's the the communication's just absolutely non-existent yeah this it is because as you said there are the statements and then the few bit of the press release from law and desmond just saying he's a legend of things it, it's not really clarifying what's going to happen over the next few months it's it's almost like they've dipped kennedy in to see what reaction he'll get not confirmed if he's going to be staying for the long term or the short term and they're going to wait and see how the season pans out is that the sort of feeling you get towards that john yeah 100 percent, and that's my fear i think if we did end up going with kennedy again then it's just the exact same situation we've done with with Lennon. He's he's came in to save the day, as, for lack of a better phrase, and and he's we end up just sticking with him because it's the easy option or the cheaper option, or because he's a Celtic man. I, I don't think that's the way to go. We need to. I'm not saying you're going to get another Rod, Brendan Rodgers because that's never going to happen. But we need we need to get a high caliber coach, and we can't just go with. The loyalty and the Celtic man, and he's just stepping in. And I, I think it comes down to, I think the thing with Lennon was he, he was a yes man. I don't want to say he was their puppet, but I feel like he was just a yes man. He didn't get to bring any any of his own backroom staff in when he came in the second time round. It just seemed like 
yeah, like I say, I don't want to say he's their puppet, but it was like, yeah, you're going to do what we're going to say. And and for me, the manager of the club should be making all the decisions, all the football-related decisions anyway, with, with regards uh-huh. to background staff and playing staff. <laughs> and I, I think John touched on that a few podcasts ago, and he says that look, you you get on with the commercial side of things. They've done fantastically well with that stuff, with Adidas yeah. deal and all the rest of it. You deal with that and let me... I think that's... A, we can see it now. That's the reason Rogers left again. I think Stephen, you touched on it with the, the Marion's Fed situation, and Rogers was in the press conference saying, "I don't know nothing about this guy," and I think that was like yeah. the beginning of the end for him. For me, the manager should be in total control of that. The, the, the whole, the whole playing staff, the whole coaching staff, let and and the transfer situation with with the players he's want to bring in. Um, I think they just get far too involved in it. Definitely, I agree with that. Is that, is that your feeling towards that, John? Then it's, it's just there's no clarity, or there, there's no there's no signal of intent from the board as of yet. David, they haven't even come out and confirmed that they're looking for a new manager. Do you think that's another thing that they're doing wrong, John? I, I think that by not letting, I mean, I'd, I, what, what I'd like to just think is that the the board are obviously working with uh, Dominic at the moment as well, um, getting him ready uh, to come in uh, and seeing where he is and what. What, what he's thinking because essentially uh, he's going to be making uh, as the C- new CEO he, a lot of the businesses in have to be made by him so coming into this new season you'd like to think they're going to have his input um, and still not making all these decisions behind his back so that when he comes in he's stuck with whatever he's got so I'd like to think that obviously he's been asked to um, sort of ring in some of his own changes and see where he wants to go uh, I think the whole Kennedy situation uh, is just temporary. I'm hoping it's just temporary anyway, um, just till the end of the season. Um, I think the board are well aware that the Celtic fans don't want Kennedy in there on a permanent basis. Uh, even if he wins every game 6 nothing between now and the end of the year, he's not the man for the job going forward. Um, and I just uh, I feel that the, the disconnection between the board and the Celtic fans at the minute is uh, significant. And if the board want to do anything uh, in order to repair that relationship, then uh, they need to start by making sure that they're listening to the fans. Yeah, I mean, as as I said last week, look how easy it is for us to put out a, a recording of a podcast out to people to listen to and earn their views. And Celtic have more equipment and more facilities than we do, and still can't manage it. But if we look back on Lennon's time as manager, I just want to focus on his managerial time at Celtic. His playing career speaks for itself. There was some pre- pretty considerable highs, and I'll throw a few out there. And I'd like to know what your highs are back. I've got down here the Barca victory with 1-2-1. That was our anniversary as well. And then also the likes of Lazio away. And, and a lot of people don't realise this, but his win percentage is 70% or 70 odd percent, which is second highest in Celtic's history. Um, I'll go to you, William. What kind of highs come out to you when you think about Lennon's time at Celtic? Yeah, they were, they were the two that you mentioned there. That were, that were, obviously, the Barcelona victory is just... It was just ridiculous um, at the time. That was yeah. the that was one of the, if not the best club teams in world football <laughs> ever. Um, I thought I actually thought I thought under Rogers we were he was a bit I don't know if naive is the word but we went in Europe he thought he could play that way and we've just not got the we didn't have the players or the skill level and I thought when Lennon came back in in Europe we would actually um, progress better. But that didn't happen this year. But yeah, <laughs> Lazio, was, Lazio was a massive win for us as well. It's been like Europe away, away in Europe, we were, we've just had a horrendous time over 
30 years or, or so. Uh, so they were big. I don't know if he had much to say in, in his first um, term in charge with regards to transfers as well and, and players that he wanted to bring in, but he, he brought in some unbelievable players in his first first term as well. So they would be highs. We, we had the likes of Van Dyke and uh, Wanyama, and I was a massive fan of Gary Hooper as well. If, if we had somebody like him in the team right now, we'd, you would think he scored a barrel of goals. So that they would be highs for me as well, getting to see the likes of them. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and his first term, but this second term round, there's, there's not very many highs. I think Lazio's <laughs> a big high, and um, obviously he's he, he, he won trophies again, taken over from from Rogers and uh, the quadruple trebles. He's he's the he's the manager that won the last trophy there. So yeah, they're yeah. massive. I, th- I think as well, William. You bring up the recruitment. I'm actually glad you did because if you look back on this first spell, and you're you're rightly to point out the players he brought in, they were hard working players. There were players who would give you the graft. The likes of yeah. Cooper, the likes of Ledley, Burham, Kyle, yeah. the extent that then. You go to this this season, this team. This, they seem to when their when their backs are against the wall, they seem to fold. They seem to put the heads down, and that, you wouldn't associate that with a Lenny Lenny type squad. Um, John, see in terms of the highs as well as we spoke about with William, what comes out to you when you think about Lenny's both spells as manager? What's the first thing you you would think of in terms of matches and the the supporter experience? I I, I mean I have to agree, obviously uh, that. Some highlights that Barcelona game was incredible. Um, granted, we we spent like ninety nine percent of that game in our own half, but <laughs> yeah. it was a defensive masterclass. Uh, the players we had on that side uh, were, were extremely good uh, at defending. Um, we sort of stifled Barcelona's movement, which they were famous for. Uh, like William says, that at that point in time, that Barcelona side was probably regarded as the best in the world. Uh, they were absolutely phenomenal. They were winning everything, um, and you look at the the, the players that we had uh, during that period as well. Uh, and you talk about marquee signings, bringing in Forster uh, and stuff like that, and managing to keep him there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point, uh, were all big decisions that obviously played their part. Um, and then again, you you go back and you look at the trophies that he's won uh, since he came in as a manager and uh, how we performed in Europe during his first stint. But that's what he says. It's uh, this current team under Lennon uh, just seems to fold defensively, um, which is weird because in his first stint as manager, we played a lot of defensive football. But I think that comes back to a lot of these guys. Uh, he's inherited obviously that squad for Brendan Rodgers, and they were it was drilled into them to play a particular type of football. Uh, and you have yeah. to ask whether or not Lennon coming in um, and being a completely opposite in terms of his tactical mindset, completely opposite, whether that's had an effect and. I mean, because you can see the team still out try to play this uh, passing game for the back, um, working into the box, um, and that, I don't think that was ever really Lenny's sort of style. That was uh, was usually get the ball up the park, um, playing longer balls, uh, defending well, being more like compact at the back and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. like like I said, we go, just speaking in these highlights, you can't obviously forget the trophies he's won as a manager. Uh, coming in when Brendan did leave, uh, like you say, they answered the call. He came in, secured the league, uh, won another treble in his own right. Um, but it's just the game's changing, eh? And it's I don't think he's just he's quite caught up yeah. with that yet. 
I mean, when you said when we go back to the Barcelona game, if you look at that game, there's a defender in there, F. A. Ambrose, who now plays for um, Livingston, if I'm not mistaken, and he played in that game and was fantastic in that game. If he if he can get that type of performance out of players like that, you're you're scratching your head thinking, why isn't Albert this time around? And we also started that game with Miku up front, and Brown was out injured, and we still managed to beat, as uh, William said, the best club team in the world at that time. And you think. If he can do that with them players, that type, that type of caliber, this team must just be severely lacking everything in terms of confidence and mentality. Going on, going on to what else I was going to say about his highs, I have a pretty good game down here. The Rangers game, a one-two-one at home, when James Forrest banged in the goal. I think it was in the last last couple of minutes, anyway, or the last the last ten or twenty minutes, and that that was a game that kind of catapulted us towards the league that last season, anyway. And then the Hearts, the Hearts game, when he won the treble when he came in. For Brendan Rodgers, he, he got that over the line, and as you said, Johnny, he answered the call, and he was there. And I think at that point, if you look back with hindsight, he should have he should have walked away. Then he should have put his hands up and said, "Look, I've done my job. It's time for Sally to bring someone in to bring him to the ten. Yeah. Now, if we move on to to some of the more lower points of his Celtic tenure, if you think about the Ross County this year, they've, they've beat us twice, and that was the bottom bottom of the team of bottom of the league team anyway at the time we played them there last week. Samarin have got the better of us. Furnas Faros in Europe, Sparta Prague beat us four uh, one twice, home and away. The Rangers games have been absolutely shocking. I mean, well, what what does that point to this season? Do you think the team does kind of down twos for Lenny in the end and just wanted them away? I think so. I think so. The um, the big, you're talking about all the lows. They've all happened in the last six months. Uh, yeah, funny I, enough. Um, you're talking about. I mean, you're touching about how that that team that we had that team we had against Barcelona is one of the worst starting 11s we've had in the last God knows how long. And you're you're, yeah. you're right, motivation. That's that's a massive thing I've noticed recently, especially in his post-match interviews. He's just he looked like a defeated man. I, I mean, if I was a player and he's he's acting that way, he's giving half-time team talks and he's got that same demeanour he has in post-match interviews. I'm in no way motivated at all. To play for him, I do think he did. He lost the dressing room. Being in mind, this is, we 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 didn't lose. We've not lost anybody from the last season or two. We've not lost anybody major apart from Big Fraser Foster. Um, yeah, this is the same team that's winning treble after treble. You know what I mean? It's not like there's there's no big loss. So where what has happened? Where is the motivation? Where is Where's that Callum McGregor that was driving us forward? Where is where like where's where's that Edward? We've seen glimpses of Edward yeah. weeks, but where's that same Edward? Where is James Forrest has been a massive miss. You know yeah, what I mean? Where, where are these players? That's for me, the buck stops with the manager. He's he's it's him down to him to motivate these players. That's why Brendan Rogers was such a because that for me he's a he's a he's a coach first and foremost. He's a man to man manager. He he make these people feel like these players feel like they're ten feet tall. Look at the difference in James Forrest when before Brent Rogers was in charge. I can remember myself included talking about James Forrest in a Celtic shirt. I was like, oh my god, this is the worst player I've ever seen. Rogers turned yeah. into an absolute machine. He's been and and it's evident this season because we've missed him so much. We need somebody that that can make these players feel like they're ten feet tall again. Yeah, in, ter- in terms of that, William, as well, my opinion on the players, especially this season, they seem to be, they're so soft-centred. It's like, if you if you criticise them, the, their heads go down. If they lose a goal, they're basically giving up in the game. And it's 
you look across and maybe let's make me just poor timing for the cameras, but you look across to the dugout and Lennon's just sitting there with his feet up or he's looking at a laptop or he's talking to Kennedy and Kennedy's shrugging his shoulders like he's not giving a giving the car in the world. I mean, John, moving on to you, what do you think in terms of the lows we've discussed? Where do you think the tipping point was for the players to be like, I'm not playing for this manager no more. I just want them away. As bad as that is, there, there, there will be professional players out there who don't react to that type of management as William alluded to. And where do you think that goes with that, the squad we have at the moment, John? Uh, I mean, I think it definitely... Uh, I mean, we have to... And this isn't a slight on Lennon, but, but we know uh, Lennon uh, over the years, the type of player that he was uh, and the type of manager that he was. Uh, he, he doesn't take any shape, for lack of a better word. Um, and I think there's, there'll be an element of that uh, in the dressing room as well. Uh, I don't think he's done himself any favours when he started coming out and pointing the finger at certain players um, and with everything else that's going on with the whole Covid thing and not having the fans there uh, this entire season has just been a low for him um, and like you say, those Ross County games, the the Rangers games and it, it, given how big this season's been um, uh, or was to be uh, and his failure to deliver, and and you, I, I I don't know what it is that's caused it, but I think it doesn't matter how many times players come out and say that they play for the manager that they have to say that, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, it's just paper and cracks because it's evident when they're on the park, it's evident when the camera cuts to the dugout and you see the guys there, Lennon and Kennedy, they don't look like they're interested in talking to one another. Uh, Strachan's gets he buried in a laptop or a pad. Um, you just the there just looks to be. He just looked to be really disconnected this season for both the the players, the fans, his own staff. Um, we don't know what it is. Uh, there's obviously I firmly believe that there was stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. Um, we'll probably never know. Um, but I mean, it's, it was evident. And I think, like but, you said, I think players just no case of down in toes because I think players should have a wee bit more professionalism about them. But I mean, you look at the some of the decisions he's made tactically as well. You're putting midfielders up front with three strikers on the bench. You're playing players out of position. Um, you're sticking with guys when they're underperforming. It's just not been, uh, it's not been great at all. And in terms of his low points overall, it's hard to look at any other season he's been with in low points because he's been highly successful yeah. as a manager. And it's hard to say anything when you come in and replace Rogers that that anything in that season was a low point because we won the league. Uh, yeah. Then winning the treble again. Um, for the fourth time um, and then his first stint it's like he obviously started the 10, uh, that run so you can only really look at this season uh, but I think it, it, it just showed how I don't know what the word I'm looking for but disconnected that he himself, the board and everybody is for the fans um, and it, it just it, it looked so disinterested to me yeah. I know that's the biggest thing for me. Like, see, for me, he's, he's so tactically inept. There's, there's, there's never, there's no any plan B. There's never been a plan B in any game. We play yeah. the exact same way. I know you've touched on it in pretty much every podcast, Stephen, especially where we play in front of the defence. There's nobody in behind. There's been no width. Yeah. Um, playing this diamond shape, I, like, and again, I know you've touched on it, and, and Anthony was saying in the last podcast that uh, the round pegs and square holes thing. But we're playing, we're playing pretty much 
four number ten in, in the same team, and he's trying to get this diamond shape in just so he can play this team. I think as a manager, you need to be strong, and like we've, you've got however many number tens, pick one of them, go with Christie or go with Turnbull, pick one of the two, um, play a centre half at centre half, beat on at centre. No, play a centre half at centre half, play a winger on the wing, play a striker up front, and and take it from there. Yeah, I feel like you're 100% right because the the way you said there as well, and I know I said it, the players at downtowns, but what annoys me is with the, the modern day players is they don't realise this is Celtic Football Club. You should never, no matter who the manager is, downtowns because this, this to us is the greatest club in the world, the greatest football team in the world, and we support them with everything we have. And the, the club continues to take money off supporters, hard earned money, especially in a climate like this, and have the cheek and the audacity not to. Not to let the supporters be aware of what is actually going on in within the club. Granted, I understand there's some things that can't be said out in public, maybe in private, but the way Neil Lennon left, I've heard so many other people saying it, it's left more questions than answers for me because there's been no clarity, as I said, from either side or either party is actually what happened. Yeah. And in terms of the, the low points as well, as, as you actually did allude to there, William, he is tactically inept. I think his tactics are suited to players who react to shouting, motivation, that type of thing. And that's why it really annoys me when there's uh, former professional football players coming out and saying that Roy Keane will suit Celtic. Nah, I, and that well, that can't happen because he's just like another Neil Lennon to me and will go on to replace him in a wee second anyway. But touching the, uh, upon the lows again, there, there's been plenty of them this season. And I think the one that really stood out to the supporters and the the wider football public was not only in the football match, but it was a trip to Dubai and bringing the the Julian to the the squad the the squad holiday or training camp or whatever it's going to be portrayed as, and basically the COVID thing happening and that that kind of kind of for me kind of free everything that that could have happened this season right out the window and what I've seen as well over the past couple of days and I don't like to speak about them on the podcast, but the team from across the across the city um. Their players broke COVID rules, and you've heard nothing from them from the government as well. So yeah. I can see where I, I can see wh- why certain aspects of Celtic get get really annoyed at that, and it really irks me now. I've seen it, I've seen it again. But William, I'll, I'll go to you as well. In terms of that Dubai trip, and what what do you think after that happened? It, it seemed like there was more fallout than ever with the club. I mean, that that trip was designed to bring players closer together and get the training going and get it get hard work in warm weather. But it seemed to do the opposite effect, especially coming back and missing two games, the first team anyway. What, what do you take from that? Yeah, 100%. It's, it, it shouldn't have happened. Um, and the worst thing about it all was um, Lowell's statement. It was uh. ridiculous. It had, it was, I think it was a Celtic View um, presenter asking him questions. So he's obviously known the questions beforehand. He's not getting challenged. And... Um, it just seemed like an apology being made because that was what the supporters wanted, or it was the right thing to do. It wasn't an apology in the slightest. It's, it was uh, it was ridiculous. I was actually hoping that I said to my my, my friend last week that um, before Lennon resigned, and he kept challenging Sturgeon and saying it's just treating us different. And I was like, oh, I really hope to God Sturgeon just deports him so that we don't we don't have him in charge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, the Dubai trip should just never have happened, especially like you said with, with Julian going. He's out for the season. Why? Why is he over there for the for the? I think Chuck. You know what? Um, Andy Walker was was doing the, the Sky game after it. I can't remember who it was we played, 
And I thought he summed, and I don't like him at all as a pundit, but I thought he summed it up perfectly. When he's talking about, especially with the fans, these season ticket holders are paying fortunes. They're not getting to see a game. They're seeing a live stream on a on a on a laptop or a, or a TV or whatnot. And um, these players are, are having charter flights over there and having drinks and spending spending all this money that these fans are, are ploughing into the the club. Why not use that money to, I don't know, refund X amount of your your ticket back for the year or whatnot instead of flying guys out that are earning thousands of pounds each week to to. I don't like using the word "have a jolly" because that's that's what, but that's what it seemed like they were doing. And usually with these Dubai trips, they're saying that they're, they're great because the team kicks on and it is team bonding, like you said. But we've seen none of that since I've come back. So, yeah, all round it was just a terrible idea. Yes, I mean, look at the panel as well, John. In terms of the folly coming back, do you think that does totally derail the whole season? Any type of run we could have got going towards then January till the end of the season that was totally out of the window because we've seen in January we didn't win a game I'm pretty sure the Dubai trip was a knock-on effect of that as well what's your take yeah. on, on the on this half of the season in particular after Christmas well I mean we've seen the you've seen the crack starting before that um, and mm-hmm. we were calling for Lennon to, to walk before all this uh, then that happened and like you say everybody else is the fans uh, are paying 600 so pounds for a season ticket to to watch games uh, on a live stream, which uh, isn't the greatest of quality. Um, and then um, they're stuck indoors; they can't go anywhere. They can't see family, friends. They can't meet their, they can, they can't do nothing really. Uh, and then you're seeing this club uh, taking hard-earned money um, and going abroad uh, for what looks like like William says a holiday uh, in essence because. Um, if if if, they, if it was solely for training and bonding, they can do that here, and they just need to get the heads down and stick together. Um, but uh, like I said, you seen the cracks before they went. Uh, obviously, that did have a, a, a massive uh, knock-on effect as well, because like he says, uh, games being postponed. Um, we think we lost eleven or so uh, first-team guys uh, to the sort of self-isolation carry-on for weeks. Uh, as well, um, and that would have played its part. So I I can see why uh, the since returning for that trip. I mean I can imagine that being over there, everything was great. Everybody was bonding and getting on absolutely fantastic. But when you're coming back to uh, mass criticism, uh, you're finding out that a player's uh, ended up contracting COVID, and that eleven of your guys need to matches are being postponed, and eleven or so guys need to self isolate. Uh, when you've still got games to play, uh, is obviously going to take its toll as well. Uh, and I think that just where, where the ball started rolling, it, that's when it just momentum just started taking it forward. Eh? And it's just we've been unable to stop it at all. And it doesn't seem like Kennedy's going to be the guy to do that either. No, it, it doesn't because in terms of the, the season as a whole, as you both have said, it's been an absolute disaster from start to finish. And I don't like to see any man lose his job, and I wish Neil Lennon all the best. I'm sure you two would echo that as well. Um, he'll always be a Celtic legend in everybody's eyes, but unfortunately, yeah. it's, it's time for Celtic Football Club to move on and find someone new, which brings us into uh, potential replacements. I'm going to rhyme off a few names <coughs> to yourselves. I was, I was on the odds checker on the bookies to see who was favourite, and at the moment, John Kenny's favourite for obvious reasons, but coming close to him is Eddie Howe, Steve Clark, Martin O'Neill. Roberto Martinez, 
Rafa Benitez, uh, the Manchester City under-23 manager, uh, Enzo Macassera. I can't really pronounce his name, but I do apologize about that. And then an outside runner I've got down here is Thierry Henry. He left his post at his job he had in America. I'll go to you, William. What names would you like to see linked with a job and interview potentially? Yeah, there's there's only one name for me, and you've mentioned it yourself, and it's it's um, Eddie Howe. Uh, going through the other names like uh, Rafa Benitez just isn't going to happen. I know you've touched on that. It's just it's just it's just not going to happen for me. Maresca again. I, I, I think he was assistant to Pellegrini. I was reading uh, at Man, uh, no Man City, at West Ham, sorry, and then uh, he's an under 20, 21s manager or something now. That's just no experience again. I don't think that's something we, we need. Martinez is he's managing the number one ranked country in the world at the moment. I don't think you're going to give up the chance at winning Euros and World Cups with, and, and coaching some of the best players in the world um, uh, to come to us. I know that the, the Sean Maloney things a factor there. I wouldn't mind seeing Sean Maloney back at the club in, in some sort of capacity. I can't see it being manager, but... <coughs> Um, I thought he spoke very well. He was on uh, one of the games uh, a few weeks back. I thought he spoke very well, and I know, I, I know, I think he was before he went away with, with Belgium. He was, he was back um, coaching our under twenty ones or under twenty threes or something. So, I, and um, Steve Clark, again, great manager, but I think he talked about it himself. He's in a dream job, and I, I know. Um, I, can, I always remember the interview where when he was at Kilmarnock and he got sectarian abuse from. Um, the Rangers fans in that game. Yeah. I'll never forget that interview. And he talked about how he was so glad to get his family out of Glasgow when he was younger and went down to Chelsea, and how he, he hates he hates the whole religion aspect and that. And he would never ever embroil himself on that. So I don't think I don't understand why he's even in the list because after seeing that interview, there's no chance in hell he's going to come in. So for me, it's and I've been screaming it ever since he was first linked about six months ago. It's a no-brainer. It's, it's got to be Eddie Howe. I, I think he's in, he's in the Brendan Rodgers mould. He's he's a coach first and foremost. He's he develops players. He's for me. He seems a motivator. He's um, talking about how Lennon's tactically inept. I don't think that's the same with with Howe. He'd, he was playing in the Premier League, at a, a team that was looking at relegation in Bournemouth, and he was he was going four four twos and. Um, trying all sorts, he's not afraid to, you know, change it up. Um, he's took he took that team from like the brink of relegation from the football league right up and to to the Premiership in the space of seven years. So um, that's obviously a mammoth task in itself, and he's managed it. And for me, that's because, like I say, he's he's a Brendan Rodgers mode. He's he demands a certain standard and and. and I think he's just an absolute motivator. The thing with him as well is you're, you're not paying, you're not. It's no compensation. He's he's sitting waiting, ready to go. He's waiting in the wings, and I know he's assistant. I think his assistant took over for him at Bournemouth. He's yeah, now he no longer, yeah, he's no longer there. So there, yeah, there's he can bring his own backroom staff in, and I know I, I don't know if I've got to touch on it with the the sporting directors or whatever it is, the directors of football. One of the guys that's linked with us is is the guy that worked with him at Bournemouth as well. So, yeah, for me, it's it's not even a. I think one other name that was mentioned is Lampard. Yeah, Lampard. Yeah, I've got him though. Yeah, yeah. that uh, might be interesting. I, I, I don't really, I don't think him and Gerard get on very well. They never played great together at England, and 
But for me, that's it's an absolute no-brainer. Eddie Howe's absolute stick on nail on it. I would go all out to get him, and if you're not, I think we're struggling. Yeah. I throw that to you, John. What, what, what names pop out of you there? <coughs> well, as I've said uh, previously, and just echoing everything what William said as well, Eddie Howe's the number one choice for me. Um, and I've been adamant to that uh, for, for, for months as well. And this is something that we've discussed in length as well uh, in our group chats and that, William. So I think it's like we're all uh, in the sort of same mindset. Uh, Eddie Howe is definitely the guy uh, that would take us forward. Like he says, his career at Bournemouth is phenomenal, what he was able to accomplish with that club, uh, given how low in the leagues they were um, and where he took them. Um, the fact they even got rid of him uh, because they got, ended up relegated or whatever it was, I'm sure it was, they got relegated for the Premier League and they got rid of him. It's shocking, um, given what he actually done. But, again, uh, he's on the market. He's a fantastic coach. He's a young guy. Like you said, he's in that Brendan Rodgers mould. Uh, he, he's obviously tactically sound. He knows, like you said, he's not afraid to take chances. He, 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 he's, he's been punching above his weight uh, with a much smaller club uh, and a much bigger league. And I know the money down there uh, obviously means that Bournemouth uh, are able to throw money at players that we'll never be able to because we've just not got the same sort of financial set up in Scotland but it's in terms of club stature this is and even if he was to come in here for a, a few seasons he, he, it's a perfect place and I hate saying it because I don't believe this Celtic should be a stepping stone um, we shouldn't be a shop window but I mean we need to be realistic it's like playing in Scotland um, we're somewhat limited um, yeah you can dominate the league uh, and you can focus on Europe, but ultimately any players that come in here are going to want to play in better leagues. And it doesn't matter how big the club is. If the league's not up to scratch and you're not playing against the best week in, week out, uh, then players are going to want to leave and that, that managers are the same. So, I mean, it would be the perfect place for him to get his career back on track. Uh, and he's got all the tools to make, a, make himself uh, one of the best in the game. So, Eddie Howe's definitely number one for me. Uh, Lampard, I can't think anything worse. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't. This whole or oh, Lampard v Gerrard, like try and make it sound better than it is. Uh, I just not. Nah. Uh, Benitez again, like I've, I've touched on, like William says, it's just not going to happen. Um, other guys have been like Clark. I touched on this as well uh, in the last podcast. Just again, everything that, that William said there. Uh, he stated previously he wants nothing to do uh, with Celtic Rangers and the, the, the sectarianism that comes with it. He probably would yeah. love the idea of managing a club like Celtic, but just given the nature, uh, uh, the, the religious aspect and the, the sectarian abuse that players and managers receive in that environment, he wants nothing to do with it. So why would he take that role up? Um, Henri, I can't see happening. Martinez, I can't see happening. Um, I, but I mean, like I said as well, we're going to see this new up until the end of the season and right through the summer. Every yeah. every name under the sun is going to be flung at this job. Um, well, bookies are going to be taking odds on all sorts. It doesn't matter how ridiculous. But I, I saw even uh, Shevchenko uh, was, and that. I mean, like I, I know he's done all right, I guess, is at, at Ukraine. But they're just picking names and throwing names yeah. into the hat. Tell Shevchenko to get his boots on because we're screaming out for a box. <laughs> Mate, honestly, you guys will know as well. I was I was one of Shevchenko's biggest fans, and when he was playing, 
uh, and I thought he was a phenomenal striker. And he was another player that was linked with us years and years ago. But again, it, 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 that's just one of the, the things that being a club at Celtic, every every transfer window and every time there's something like this comes up, all these players are linked, all these big names are linked. And we just need to be realistic. And if the board have shown, if, if they want to show any ambition and if they want to start taking steps in terms of replacing the relationship and so on, uh, the Celtic fans that they actually they do care about the club and, and the fans are screaming for it. Uh, get Eddie Howe in. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Well, the thing, see, the nope. thing I even touching at the start as well. It's, it's, I mean, there's there's no there's no statement to say that we're drawing up a shortlist or we're looking at things. It's it's it's, it's all just. It seems to me it's all just aimed and I hate to say it that, that Kennedy's going to be charged. There's there's no statement at all. We're all left in the dark again. As usual, we're going to be discussing this for weeks and weeks. It's, it's, it's all just conjecture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that word in, William. That caused a stir up, didn't it? Oh, that. Ross will be bealing. What I'm going to say is as well, and I know, and you said names are getting thrown at this, and I did see an Oz tagger, a 50 to 1 came in, Bobo Baldi. I mean, could it happen? You never know. But in terms of, I mean, in terms of management, I'm going to touch upon another name that I was listening to TalkSport and there was a few pundits on, I think it was Darren Bent, and he, he suggested Sean Dyche, okay? And before before we go into it, and I put Sean Dyche on the Endless Cells Instagram page and he seemed to get a good reception. A few fans are saying no, but the majority of the, the, the fans are saying yes to that. The reason I say his name, the more I think about it, what Darren Bent was saying is correct. I mean, he's been at Burnley for years now and I don't think there's any more scope that he could take Burnley in and, and, and the compensation we would have to pay maybe a few million pounds but Sean Dice to me is a, is a good manager he's, he's a bit not like an Eddie Howe but he's kept the Burnley in, in, a, in the Premier League and he's kept him up there and surviving and he, he's done that he's ticked them boxes just to throw that out as a curveball and also Steve Clark and I was big I was a big fan of Steve Clark for years and he caught my eye on his manager at West Brom he think he led them to their fin- highest finish in the Premier League um, and I've always kept my eye on him. And I think, as you both touched, I think it's time's passed to come as Celtic manager. Maybe in the future, in a couple of years down the line. But at this moment, his time has passed. And with what he said, the comments, and he doesn't want to be involved in the whole sectarian culture. Unfortunately, and we don't like to say it, it is kind of a part of the old firm derby and a part of the, the life in general. As a Celtic Rangers fan, we are tarred with the same brush. And I, I don't like that aspect of it as coming from Ireland myself. It's kind of something I want to stay clear from. But Steve Clark for me, even before Rogers came in, I wanted him as Celtic manager, believe it or not. And he, he did a he did a brilliant job with Kamarnik and he mastermended some great victories over um Stephen Gerrard's Rangers and stuff. But for me, as you said, you both, I, I want Eddie Howe. I think it's pretty clear that the majority of fans do want Eddie Howe. But I want to flip this a wee bit. When Eddie Howe mani- started managing Bournemouth, I think, I think he was a player for them and, and he took them from, as you said, League Two on the, the brink of, I think it was financial disaster as well, and took him to the Premier League. Now, as we both said there as well, William, there's been no statement to say they're looking at shortlist and all that kind of thing, or they're going to get back to us in a few weeks and let us know an update. That's not come out yet. And what I'm thinking is they're going to try and do, the cheap option is always, and I do, it's always set your expectations low so they don't get they don't get broken. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a wee bit down here. I'm going to be a bit underwhelming. I think their plan is for John Kennedy to give a good impression to the fans for the next eight games and show him, show the fans what his teams are going to play and then look to bring in an experienced uh, director of football or sporting director 
And that bring, that brings me on to Kenley's role at the minute and his chances. For me, his chances should be zero because there, it will piss me off if the players start performing for him, starting with Aberdeen, because that would just point to me that he that he was part of the problem why the players didn't want to work for Lennon. And he's been there front and centre with Neil Lennon all season. And if he starts becoming this master, masterclass genius, then you know that he was holding back and he wanted Lennon away himself. What's your opinion, John? I'll come to you first on John Kennedy's role and chances within Celtic in the coming coming months and coming years. Coming years. Well, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not, hopefully not uh, years. But I mean, I mean, it doesn't look like we're <laughs> going to get rid of him anytime soon. Well, I, I mean, uh, like I say, he's definitely another man for the job for me going forward. Uh, all right, just keep him at the end of the season because at this stage, it it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you definitely want to see some action being taken and some movement uh, from Celtic them discussing that they're bringing somebody in. Um, but I don't think any of the fans are going to be happy and there'll be a backlash if after this the, the failures of this season if they announce Kennedy as a manager going forward. Um, especially when you're coming up to a time where they want people to renew season tickets. The the board have got a lot of meeting up today and Kennedy appointment has gone backwards for me. Um, you yeah. know... Like he says, it's taking a cheap option. Uh, it's just showing a lack of ambition, that complete disregard for the support, and the 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 it make, it, what I, I mean, I I do and I don't agree with these banners, but uh, like you touched on as well, Stephen, um, the board were warned when the the fans were in the stadium, don't fall asleep at the wheel, um, yep. and that's exactly what they've done. Uh, the fans are pissed off and quite rightly so. Um, and the board need to actually start taking account and holding their hands up and saying, right, look, we, we've not made the best of decisions and actually showing the ambition. And again, Kennedy's not the man. Uh, yeah. So, and, and, and I mean, how, how often do you see um, players when a, a manager leaves? Uh, nine times out of ten, their backroom staff go with them. It, it's, a, it's a group effort. Um, so yeah. I don't see how this is going to be any different but the fact that Kennedy and Strachan are still there uh, and those uh, in respective I don't know what Strachan is going to be doing because you, you, you announced today as well that uh, he's bringing in McManus um, was it McManus? Yeah, Steve McManus, first yeah. team coach yeah. uh, as a first team coach as well um, so I mean I, I like that appointment uh, I love Big McManus so I mean, I'm happy with that. I, I don't mind him being as part of coach in the Celtic setup at all. Um, and that you, you can keep him there long term if you like as well. But from a managerial standpoint, Kennedy needs to. Nah, it, it's just not happening for me. And I, I, I will be extremely pissed off if he's announced that it's going to be anyway because it just shows a complete lack of ambition and disregard to the fans as well. It's completely disrespectful to the fans. And then asking them to fork out um, however much they're going to be asking for season tickets going forward so that's my and that, I mean and, and I'm quite strong about the, the whole Kennedy thing and that, that opinion is not going yeah. to change Just to reiterate for anyone that's going to listen, I want Eddie Howe, I'm just trying to flip this and to see what people's <laughs> opinions are on, on John Kennedy and no way, shape or form do I want him at Celtic Football Club after his stint as interim manager or Gavin Strachan for that case but William, in terms of uh, John Kennedy's role what what do you always see with managers or managers being sacked and potentially new one coming in? You you get this old phrase that the new manager bounces. Would you be a bit a bit uh, pissed off or a bit shocked if the the, the players players pull out a performance, winning five nil, four nil, and 
you're going to yourself, where's this been all season? Do do you think Kennedy's kind of, I don't know, kind of played this for himself a wee bit in terms of just kind of threw Lenny under the bus? Yeah, maybe so. I, like if they do go on to start performing, then you, you do you wonder why? Like where 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 has this been? Where's this advice been? Um, it's, it's so strange. See the see the timing. The whole timing of Lenny's resignation is just it blows my mind. It should, like we've we've talked about, it should have happened about four months ago. If it's not happening four months ago, it shouldn't happen now. Um, maybe an announcement saying, "Listen, I'm going to leave at the end of the season. I'll take the team at the end of the season, and and that's it." And it all points to what you're saying, Stephen, is that they're want they're, they're wanting Kennedy to win over the fans, and that's the 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 best and, and easy option for them then. Once he's won over the fans, I mean, it happened with Lennon. I think it's just going to be like a repeat of that. Lennon can to save the day, and he just carried on Rogers' work, and we ended up giving him the full-time job. And that's what it points to for me. I mean, Lennon was interviewed after Ross County, and they asked him about it looks like it's going to be a rebuild next year, and we're going to lose half the squad and whatnot. And are you the man to do that? And Lennon was, yeah, I'm the man to rebuild it. And then a few days later, he's, he's resigning. It obviously points to him being told, walk before you're pushed or, or whatnot, or there's a mutual agreement there. But the, the timing is just, I, I, I just don't understand it. If, it's, if that's the case, why not just say, make an announcement saying, I am leaving at the end of the season, but I'll take the team at the end of the season. Again, it just points to the fact that, and I, I really don't want this to happen, but it just points to me that, that, that John Kennedy's the number one um, aim to take over the as as manager next year. Yeah, I mean, surely the surely they know, as John said, that they cannot do that because there's a lot of re- rebuilding of trust that the the board need to do, do with the support because Kennedy's been there for years now, and, and if he was trusted in any way, he would have been given the opportunity when Rogers left, even before asking Lenny to come in and answer the call type thing. But he would have been asked to take the team, but it seemed like they didn't trust him then. And <laughs> as you said, I said there are we're alluding to you anyway. It seems like to me these last eight games are another audition. The type of Lenny had at the end of Mowbray's era. Go and win these games. Try your best. Get the team playing good football. We'll see the reaction at the end of the season if the fans are won over. If not, we might have to give you the boot. But if they're there's sixty percent of them saying, "Yay, that's brilliant football. We'll take you on. We'll give you the job." That that, that surely can't be me, it can't be happening it, it won't work for me, it won't work for anyone at the moment who's supporting Celtic and in terms of Gavin Strachan he's he, he's there for me he, he's like an IT specialist, he just sits there it's like he's fixing computers or whatever he's doing and working for Apple in the background, I don't know but <laughs> he, he, he's just he's just sitting there all the time on his laptop and he's trying to talk to players who are coming on as subs, perfect example Lee Griffiths didn't even look up at him once, he didn't care what he was saying He he's a man there only because his dad as Gordon Strachan yeah. was manager of Celtic at one point. It seems like a, that Celtic's being used now as the No Friends Act. What's your opinion, William, on Gavin Strachan? And I, for me, it's I, he shouldn't even he shouldn't even have got the job in the first yeah. place. I, I have no idea what he's. I'd love to see what he's doing on that tablet, that laptop. <laughs> I'd love, he must have Pornhub on it or something. <laughs> guys getting walked like dogs and all that on it or something. Or, or football manager, and he's saying it's it's working on football manager. I don't know why it's working here. It's just blows my mind. I mean, when Damien Duff was in, like the whole backroom staff and playing staff couldn't have spoke higher of him. But striking, it's just and and obviously he took the team for the the couple of games when the, when Lennon and 
in the, in the main team were in isolation. And the way he came across and the way he spoke, I was like, I don't know, he's just, he just does not come across as, again, I, I keep going back to motivation and stuff. The way he is, his demeanour, he's just very, I don't know what it is, down and like, I, I, a training session, I just can't see how, how, you could get motivated with, with, with people like that around. I, I just, I, I don't understand it. And I know, like, it, it, for me, it's how you come across. And, like, Kennedy, Kennedy comes across very well when he's when he's speaking um, post-match and stuff and about the club. And I've, I, I listened to him today and, he, and he, he did, he came across very well. But, I mean, there's, there's talk in the game and coming across well, but that doesn't, that doesn't stop the ball going in the back of your own net on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. There needs to be some sort of, there just needs to be the whole, like you say, the background. I don't understand how Lennon's gone and the background stuff haven't gone either. That needs to be either all or nothing. And uh, again, go back to Lennon. I don't. Um, the timing is just for me. It's just right. We're going to be here till the end of the season, but then we're all gone. And then the board come out and go right. We've got a short list of names. We're going to get them in, and they're going to bring their own background stuff in. It just doesn't seem to be the way Celtic are going at the moment. The way you said there about striking, he's. He almost makes you a bit lost for words because you can't describe him. He's and granted, he, he worked at Peterborough in League One level, and maybe that's his level. But coming up to Celtic's a different ball game. I mean, you're coming up into a club that's coming for the the most historic season, the ten season. The pressure's going to be magnified, and you're when he first came in. And I remember he done that interview at the start on Celtic TV. Even then, I was like, this guy's not for Celtic. He he just looked like to me he was there in the background. If someone wanted to go up and talk to him, he'd be more happy to talk to people, but he wouldn't actually go and talk to people himself. He's just on the laptop all the time. It's like, it's, it's. I don't know, John, what way would you describe Strachan and, and, and his future at Celtic? I, I, I mean, I've, I've made my opinion on it pretty clear previous, uh, so I'll keep this brief, but I don't, I think he and Kennedy should have walked with Lennon uh, and the board should have, uh, they should be getting the fit done uh, finger out and then just getting somebody in and making us aware that that process has already happened. There's already a shortlist, like you say. There needs to be communication. I don't know what he's doing. I don't even know what his role is. When, even when Lennon was there, Lennon's manager, Kennedy was your assistant. So what what would, what would did Strachan actually do? The PowerPoints? <laughs> like, I mean, what, was his, what, what, was his, what was his official role? What was he doing? <laughs> I don't like, know. I always call <laughs> It always reminds me of that, you know, you go to a pub and there's always that strange man in the corner reading a paper on his own. And <laughs> then when you go near him, he starts pointing at news articles and Aye. paper and that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Thank you I, I don't know what he was doing, but it's, I, I don't think, he's, he's, he's never going to be anywhere near as good as his dad either. And we just need to let him and Kennedy go. Yeah, well... We'll, we'll switch Strachan off and I no, no more chat about him. So we'll, we'll move on to the rumours of the sporting director. And I've got down here three names. I want to start with Fergal Harkin. That's a name that pops up all the time. And that's where the link comes with the Manchester City under-23 manager, Enzo. What way do you say it, William? Because I can't say it properly. Maresca, I think it is. Maresca. Yeah, Maresca. Thanks for that. And Maresca. Enzo Maresca. So that, that's, where, that's where the link comes in there from Fergal Harkin because he works at Man City. I think he's the head of their scouting operations or, or some sort of title like that. Do you think that's what Celtic need at the moment, uh, William, a project manager with a sporting director, or do you think they need, as you said, an Eddie Howe to come in with a sporting director who already knows how Eddie Howe plays in the style? 
Yeah, I'd like. Uh, I think if you if you were going for how, I think you, it would be it's, it's it's a no-brainer to bring somebody in that he's comfortable with working before and he's already got a working relationship with. Um, I think recruitment's going to be massive next year. I think there's going to be a big turnover. I think you've discussed it before in previous past. Eddie's gone. Um, the other the other three strikers haven't shown their worth yet, so we're going to need need somebody to score goals and. There's, I, th- I think there's a lot of deadwood in the, the team that we need to get rid of and bring and bring new staff in. So it's it's, it's massive. This this the the decision they make over the next couple of months or whatever is uh, needs to be right. Needs to be right. Yeah, I mean, in, t- in terms of the sporting director as well, there's David <laughs> Webb. Obviously, he worked with Eddie Howe, Bournemouth, and then the more box office name, that the more groovy name, so to speak, is the Juventus uh, scouting operation manager. I think it's Masineg. Naga or something, something along them lines. I'm not good at pronouncing that name, but the, it seems like they are looking for a sporting director or a director of football. But John, do you think it's more important to get the manager sort of first, or do you think it's just start with the, the sporting director, uh, director of football role, and then work the way down the management? I think uh, I think we the manager should be first and and, and should be priority, uh, and it should come down to the manager who, if they want to work with a director of football, and who that is. It shouldn't be a decision that's made for them because that's how you create unrest, and that's you're just going behind your manager's back then. So, for me, if if they're if they're adamant on bringing in a director of football first and foremost, then they need to ensure uh, that whoever it is they're bringing in uh, that the manager first that, that they want to come here and work with them. Uh, which could essentially narrow your shortlist of managers um, if you're making that decision for them. But I, I, I think if, if, like you said, I, I just want, I just want us to. I'm hoping we just focus on Eddie Howe and then whoever he wants yeah. to bring with him. Yeah, I mean, what I've seen as well, Eddie Howe, he's a name <coughs> that Celtic fans have been out for for months now. And the unfortunate thing is, it's coming to the end of the football season in England as it is in Scotland, and there's a couple of managers that are likes of Roy Hodgson. They might not be their next season at Crystal Palace. There's already rumours of him being linked to them sort of jobs. And what always bugs me about Celtic is they try and wait to the final moment where they can make business and they can do this, make this happen. But it never, ever works. We've lost out in so many targets doing that. And I think that Eddie Howe is going to be one of them. He'll be managed in England soon enough if we don't make the move. Because he is approachable. It's not like you're going to Pep Guardiola being like, leave Manchester City and come to Celtic. That's not, that's not the type of manager. It's Eddie Howe. He's a free agent, and as William appointed to, we'll have to pay no compensation. Just get in there, agree a contract, and get him on board. And touching upon the recruitment side of things, William, Nicky Hammond has done a dreadful job, and he's still in a job. And I don't under I don't understand why he's there. What for me, the whole scouting department needs ripped up and start it over again, a new process with a, a new head of scouting. Is is that the type of way you would go with that, William? Yeah, hundred percent. I don't. I can't remember the last signing we've made that's been a proper success. We've not we've not had the Wanyamas or Van Dykes or whatever for since Lennon's first tenure in charge. And um, yeah, I think um, I think even the signings Rogers made, I think he's had a big say in a lot of them. Dembele and stuff like that. He's, he's seen himself at, at Fulham and stuff. Uh, yeah, massive overhaul. I think um, I don't. I just we just need an overhaul. It's it's, it's massive turnover from. Top to bottom, I think uh, it's going to happen. It's and it's needed. We've um, we've rested on our laurels for, for this season, for the previous seasons. I think we've just turned up and expected to win everything again, and that's you can never turn up and expect 
uh, to win the lot. So, yeah, scouting massively. But I mean, the signings we made this year, as much as like, I'm, I don't know about you guys, when when the signings were made at the start of the season, I was I was very pleased. I was really pleased with what we brought in. Um, yeah, so so right, yeah. Yeah, and you go see. But it's, it's all- it's it's all it's almost the, the recruitment at the start of the season. Yes, we invest the money and we uh, brought in players of pedigree. But at the at the same time, you you look at that the the players were brought in, like Shane Duffy. Straight away after uh, first two games he played, he scored a few, fair enough. But straight away after that, he just crumbled. It seemed like his confidence went out of nowhere. The same with um, Diego Laxalt. He came in the first six seven games, he was fantastic. Then he started regressing. It's almost like these players come in with all the hype and the pedigree of playing in different leagues and internationals, but then when they come to Celtic, they see the Celtic team's not performing well, and then they stoop down to the level the Celtic players are, are at at that particular moment. And I think, in terms of the recruitment as well, that one of the biggest, well, one of the biggest outlays was on the goalkeeping department for Barkas. Now, me personally, I don't think Barkas is necessarily as bad as people make out that he is. I think it's everything going on this season in terms of his confidence, he's getting dipped in and he's getting told he's number one, he's getting took back out again, he's getting told his attitude's not well. Do you think that's the type of thing that this new manager needs to bring to the table, like an, an arm around the shoulder type, John? Would you say that's where we need to go, especially with the continental type players? Um, yeah, and, and just to, to, to touch on that, uh, the scouting, uh, Nick Hammond has been dreadful since he came mm. in. And I think we've, we've, we've really missed... Uh, a proper scout since we lost uh, John Park. Um and like I say, serious consideration and decisions need to be made uh, in bringing in the right guys, um, so that we can get back to that. Because we've always, uh, like I say, especially with John Clark, um, we were bringing in these players, Wanyama, Van Dyke, uh, and, and these other boys, um, and they were world class. We've seen that. Um, Van Dyke's a perfect example. Um, and in Hammond's case, Barkas. So, I mean, it's night and day, and it, it's just been a failure. His, his appointment's been a failure. I don't know how much, again, when you look at Law's involvement as a de facto director of football, uh, how much input is he actually getting for Hammond as well? Um, who's making the decisions? It, it just seems like there's a lot of confusion around the club at the minute in that respect, and you don't know who's doing what and whose role's what. And it's it's just a mess, and it needs to be sorted. And everybody, the entire backroom needs to be rooted out and replaced. Yeah, I mean, when we first signed, go back to as you said, there are Virgil Van Dijk, then type of players. The the first half of the season, Van Dijk was at Celtic. I was already convinced he was the best defender in Britain, and I got laughed at for saying that. But you just seen it for your games. He coasted. It doesn't matter what level you're at. If you can do them type of things in matches, scoring free kicks and taking ball up the pitch, getting players for fun and doing 50-yard passes across the pitch. You've got a cracking player there, and he, he's proved to be the best centre-back in the world now at Liverpool. Unfortunately, he's injured. But what we'll do now, we'll look ahead towards the, the Aberdeen game. We, we do have to look ahead as a, a Celtic support, unfortunately, but that's the way time goes. Time goes, and we have to catch up with it. So in terms of the Aberdeen game, William, we'll go to you first. What what kind of game are you expecting? I'm hoping for a reaction. I'm hoping for a... Um... Yeah, reaction from the players. I, I think I, I really hope we, we come away from this diamond. I think we need to we need to get width back in the team because it's been severely lacking. And ever since I've been a boy growing up, and it's always been about the white players. And even back to obviously Jimmy Johnson. And um, for me growing up, it was the Maloney's and McGadies and 
even more recently, it's just the Sinclairs and Forests and, and like a bit of flair, and we've not had that at all. I think we need width in the team um, and just play players where they're meant to play. Don't be playing midfielders up front and midfielders at the back and, and all sorts. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a big reaction and um, a few goals. Uh, Aberdeen aren't at the best at the moment either, so um, and we're preparing for the for the for the rivals across the road as well in a few weeks' time. So John Kennedy's got a big task ahead of him, and um, I'm hoping it starts well uh, this week. Who who knows? Uh, William, if if they win the game tomorrow, they might give Kennedy the job in the showers, just like they did Lenny. You never know. Yeah. But <laughs> in terms of the game as well, you speak about Sinclair there. Um, I just gone off tangent a wee bit. Sinclair at the moment, I think he's top goal scorer for Preston, and you think would he make a difference this season? I think he absolutely would. Granted, he went off the boil when Lennon came in, but maybe that was the style of Dennis coaching. That's something we'll never know. But in terms of the game itself, what what kind of game are you expecting, John? I'm hoping for the same. Obviously, I want to see a reaction. Um, always want to see Celtic get a result. Um, and again, we touched on, we've touched on this previously. The, the, there needs to be some fresh changes. You can't if Kennedy comes in and sticks with the same formation and the same players. Then what's there's nothing changing. Um, and it just shows the how clueless the appointment is. Um, I want to see with coming back. We need that. I think we've missed it. Um, we've got players there for obviously uh, James is coming back for injury so I'm hoping he'll be back soon uh, you don't want to rush him though um, but I mean we've got guys there that you could you could uh, that, that, that can play out there, you've got wee Karamoko Dembele who can play it in the right give him a chance mm-hmm. at this stage in the season, we, we have absolutely nothing to lose and we, you could potentially in fact in it's, again, that's bittersweet as well because he comes in. Let's say he comes in, he plays fantastic. You see that you've had a player there all along, and then you lose him because that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. But I mean, we need to do something. There needs to be fresh changes made. There needs to be a reaction. Uh, Kennedy needs to make some changes in terms of the the personnel that's on the park. Stope, like he says, all these number tens fine for the same sort of playing them all in the middle of the park and. There needs to be proper shape and there needs to be a bit of tactical guidance because as it stands at the minute, it's just a mess. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's going to be interesting to see how the players actually put up the performance, the reaction, as you said. And I think, <coughs> I said, see, I will be a bit, a bit pissed off if they come out of this 4-5 or five now because that performance is in them. You, you know it's in them. It's the base of the players that have been there throughout the, this run we've been on. The t- likes of Ayer, Brown. McGregor, Edward, that them types of players, even Elnusi to a certain extent. But it it's almost for me that well, I mean, these Ellen, games just, come... Sorry, just before, Elnusi's still one of your top goal scorers and he never plays. No, no that, that's, a, well, that's what I was about to say. Uh, Elnusi himself, he, he's coming in, getting played now in, in the, uh, out of position up front beside Yaddy sometimes or beside Edward and then he's getting dropped out. It's like these types of players, as you said, he's still our second top goal scorer, so there's something in him. There, there's a performance in him somewhere. But it's about getting that, and I, I just hope that the players didn't totally down toes for any, even though it's pointing towards them, because that's that will be a bigger sucker punch than anything. I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting quite a cagey game, especially in the first half. And you say there, William Aberdeen have them in good form, but to be honest, apart from them, other games of Celtic playing, it was five games of one, which was a celebration in Lenny's terms. But, we haven't been that great this season either. Yeah. So for me, it's go- it's going to be a quite a cagey affair. I think we'll still win. But before before we get on to that, I'll go on to our predicted lineups. I'll go to you, John, first. What's your predicted lineup you've went for? Well, now that Kennedy's in, 
Um, I'm hoping he doesn't stick with the same formation. I'm hoping he tries something different. I hope we go back to a four-four-two. I hope he just does okay. try something different. So I'm just going to go with that. So uh, I'm going to say uh, I suspect Bain will probably still start. Um, Kenny keep his position out in the right. Um, Welsh Ayer. Uh, I don't know how if we had any update on Taylor. Um, I've not seen anything. It's still out. So again, so Lacks out then. Um, and then I don't know. I'd like give Mikey a start. Let Elianusi start out in the left. Uh, just try something different. We need to see something different. Um, I'm going to say I want to see Turnbull and Sorrow in the middle of the park. Um, there's a tough one. Who do you play out in the right? Play uh, Ryan Christie out there. I, I mean, oh, the, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It, it, he's 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 more likely to play his natural. I mean, not his natural position, but it's. I'd, I prefer him out on the right than up front. Because yeah, well, you can see he's capable of drifting in, and we've seen him do it in the past. And it's like, I don't know, but so I, I'm, I'm I haven't got anybody for the right yet. But I'm I'm hoping we stick with four in the middle of the park. Uh, and then I'm going to say, uh, and I'm really hoping that Kennedy, that Lennon and the issue with Griffiths uh, is also away, and that Kennedy doesn't have the same problems, and that Griff starts with Edward. It'd be interesting to see. Like, what about yourself, William? What have you gone for? I think he's going to go back to the four-two-three-one formation. I think he's going to start with Bain and go. Obviously, um, we've got Kenny right back, Ayer and Welsh in the middle. I think, what did you say, Taylor's out? I think he's still out, yeah. Oh, geez, oh. I know, I, I might go off a tangent here, but I know John's a big fan of Laxalt and the rest of it, but I think he's, for lack of a better phrase, absolute dog shite. <laughs> <laughs> he's, his positional awareness is absolutely horrendous. That For, for the free kick for Ross County's going Sunday, he tackled the boy at right back. He was right next to John Joe Kenny. He reminds me of that little boy in the playground that just wants to tackle everybody. Doesn't matter where it is, the ball goes. He just runs <laughs> straight for the ball, tackles. I don't follow the ball. The World Cup team of the year. He just he doesn't follow a man. He just where's the ball? Where's the ball? He's like a dog trying to chase the ball. <laughs> but there's not got much else there, nobody. So we'll have to go with Axel at left back. Uh, I think he'll go with Brown and McGregor. It's a two in midfield. I, would, I hope he goes well. You know, see on the left, like you say, I'd, uh, this guy's he's our second top goal scorer. He was our top goal scorer up until two or three games ago, and the guy's been fantastic. And he can't get in the seat, can't get in the team, all because Lennon was trying to keep these five number tens in the in the same squad for some reason. <laughs> um, so I'll go El on the right, Christy, uh, El on the left. Sorry, I'll go Christy on the right, Turnbull number ten, and Eddie up front for me. Yeah, I see. I've been back to the four two three one as well. But see before going on the lineup, John, I want to pick on a point you made about Christie drifting in and stuff. And there was a point in Kennedy's uh, press conference today, I don't know if you took anything from it, but he said if individuals in the team think they're gonna make the difference, then they're wrong. I, I don't know if that was a dig towards any type of player, but if it was, for me it'd be Christie. But that's just my opinion. In terms no, of my Yeah, in, in terms of my team, I'm I've made a few changes, okay, and it I've went with Barkas back in Nets, Kenny right back, Welsh, Ayer, Laxalt, Brown, McGregor, Johnson coming in from the right, Moy from the left, Turnbull for the middle, and Eddie up top. 
Any any thoughts on that? So who yeah. do you say? In the, who do you say in the, the, on the right? Johnson. All right, that's so, interesting. I mean, just, just actually, now that you boys have said that that four two three, I think that's quite an interesting one to go back to because we know we know it didn't work at the start of the year, um, which is why we switched to the 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 diamond. Um, but it, it raises an interesting point. I, I mean, obviously you're kind of spreading your bench a wee bit thin if you try it, but like. I think it'd be interesting to see uh, uh, just behind the, the the three, the Scott Brown and Sorrow maybe playing together and commanding that middle of the park and allowing the the boys to maybe get a wee bit further up. And like I said, we need to we need to do something in terms of uh, playing like in behind the defence because it's just not working and every team's caught on it now. I think that's for me, that's why he needs to go back to that formation because, um, again, Stephen's talked about it so much. We, we play so much in front of the defence. I think one point at Ross County, there was a still, I think I've seen it on uh, social media, there was a still and there was about four or five players all standing in that number 10 row in front of the Ross County defence. We need we need Wibbs back. We need to, and I feel, you know what, I, I really like Greg Taylor. Like, I, I know he's a defender first and foremost. If he had a wide player that he could overlap, um, we need to work the ball from left to right, right to left, trying to find these spaces to get in behind and get the ball in the box. I think, for me, that's what's been severely lacking. Far too many number 10s in the squad, all just dawdling. It's, it's, it's all fine and well playing these five-yard passes and keeping 80% possession, but at the end of the game, we're getting beat for counter-attacks and one nils off. No disrespect to these teams that are... Um, Lower in the league, we, we, there needs to be, for me, needs to be that width put back in the t- in the side. I, th- I think another point as well about the the wide, the width and stuff. Turnbull for me, that would get the best out of him as well because if he has wide players to play them diagonal balls to, or even inside the the left and right back, that's perfect for him because you can see he can play them balls all day long. But that it comes back to the <laughs> forward plan we touched on it last week, John. The wide areas have been severely neglected, especially. The last year and a half, if you're relying on Justine Forrest and Mikey Johnson to get you through, you're on a hit, you're on a hide to nothing really because Johnson, we've seen his injury prone, and Forrest unfortunately picked up the injury which ended the, se- the season basically, and then you're 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 scratching your head who you're going to play out in the wing, and I do agree with you, John. Carmoko Dembele is another is another uh, thing of wasted youth because there was so much hype about him for years and years and years, and you've seen it. He's played above his age groups, and even when he came on a few times, you've seen that he had quality. And why we why we've let this wee lad run down his contract without giving him proper first team football is beyond me. Even from the bench, a couple of games here and there, it's 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 a joke. It's just wasted youth. We'll we'll move on to the the score predictions and the goal scores. I'll go to you, uh, William, first. What's your score prediction and also your goal score prediction? I'm I'm going to go three now. I'm going to go Eddie with two and Christy with one. Eddie with two and Christy with one. No problem. What about yourself, John? Uh, based on, obviously, the formation that I picked, I'd have, I'm going to say three. I mean, I know that formation is not going to happen, but I'm I'm trying to be optimistic. Uh, so you're going three right now? I'm going to say three as well, I, uh, and I'm going to say uh, Turnbull uh, and Eddie. I'm going to go two-nil. I'm going to go Eddie to get one and Turnbull to get the other. Now, hopefully that happens and we get a good victory and stuff. But we've said it, we've said it previous as well. It's just, it's 
it's a bit of a damp squid, really, because the season is basically done, and all we can really hope for is the next eight games. We do put up good performances. I think we will have two games against Rangers left, and it's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. We may, for, may fall even further behind, and I don't know. But the, this this season has been absolutely shambles. Yeah. But William, do, the only aim now is just to try and make sure that they don't go the whole league season undefeated. To be honest with you, I think we really need to we need to beat them in one of the two games. Yeah. I think that's fatal because our invincible season was an invincible season. League yeah. Cups, we won the treble, and they're trying yeah. to claim theirs. They're trying to claim theirs is the same, yeah. Yeah, no, it's not. But <laughs> anyway, guys, <laughs> in terms of the podcasting segment, that's us finished. I want to thank yourself, John and William, for joining me on the show. It's been a brilliant Pleasure. show, and and William as well as as a newcomer to the show it was brilliant having you on, and I look forward to having you again in the future. Have you, have you enjoyed your time on the show? Yeah, it was. I mean, it's nice to have another platform to vent my frustrations or share my joys with. So it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah. No problem at all, William. Thanks yeah. very much as well. So uh, as, as you said there, William, it's, uh, this, this page is for fans just to vent and say how they feel. And I hope we're coming across like that as well. The opinions, we're taking them all on board. We're replying back as well. So it's better that way. We're growing day by day. Twitter, YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. And we do appreciate all your support. But in the meantime, until Tuesday of next week when we're back on, I hope you all uh, stay well and keep safe and enjoy the match tomorrow. Hail, hail.